0: Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Craig K. Saving Radio on the North Wales coast. Sponsored by Flower Tops in Rill, your local florist for all occasions. The time is uh, two thirty-three for the watchlist on the North Wales coast, and uh, I'm joined on the phone by uh, Vicky from uh, Child NSPCC Childline. It is now, isn't it? Afternoon, Vicky. Hi, Craig. Are you okay? I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm fine,
0: thanks. Yeah, are you, are you getting through COVID and all that fine? It's a bit of a bit of a drag sometimes, isn't it?
1: It is. It's been going on so long now, hasn't it? It's been going on so much longer than any of us thought it would.
0: I think. I think it's, it's people just getting. I, I, it sounds horrible. I think people just getting bored and want things to do now, isn't it? To be able to go out and even just go out yeah. for an ice cream and things like that. It's just
1: yeah people i think everybody's just wanting things to go back to normal now um but also you know having to just relearn to do things and and wondering what normal's going to look like really
0: that's it one day we'll get there one day yeah hopefully not too not too far away we're all getting vaccine vaccinated I so, hope so so you've come on to talk about i'm going to get right. it's NSPCC childline now isn't it
1: mm-hmm. yes that's right
0: and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get into it uh, a little bit later on. You come on to talk about looking for volunteers, but w- one of the main things I want to ask about, how has things been going with sort of the NSBC and Childline through uh, COVID-19? How have you how have you been helping people?
1: So we've been supporting people right through. We've stayed open. Um, it's been difficult, as you can imagine, because we've mm. had to put so many safeguards in place to look after our volunteers and our staff and to make sure they're safe um, you know, we haven't shut the service down at all. We have had to reduce it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we've done the very best we can to keep it open while keeping everybody safe. And um, and children and young people sadly have needed us more than ever.
0: Yeah. You know, they
1: always need childline. But through COVID they've had all the additional problems that COVID has brought coupled with some of the issues they already had, particularly around their mental and emotional health and isolation. Mm. And of course COVID added to that because for you know, for children, I mean, a year has been a long time for adults, but you can imagine mm. for a child or a young person, a year is a lifetime, isn't
0: it? Yeah, well, they're, so, they're, they're so sort of used to routines as well of school and things, and it it would play up play on their mental health because they're not there, they're not seeing friends, and they're not doing what they're sort of used to if they're if they're that age of school, I guess.
1: Yeah, and all their social encounters and also things like, you know, for instance, maybe visiting grandparents in nursing homes, things mm-hmm. like that, or, you know, like I said, being with their friends, catching up with their education and, you know... as As really hard as people have worked to provide homeschooling and to use internet sources and Mm -hmm. to talk to each other online it's not the same it's not the same as having that close encounter with people and you know and being able to have the freedom to meet with your friends and also sadly for for a lot of children young people home isn't a safe place yeah yeah. sometimes we forget that home isn't the happy safe place we'd we'd all wish it was Mm. and for some school was that moment of respite from the troubles and
0: abuse at home that's it. it's true I, th- I think as well as adults we, we sort of we look back to when we were kids at school and we, we probably think oh great you've got time off at school you should be really happy but for some kids it's yeah like you said it could be a, a, not a nice time to be at home some children don't like being at home want to be outdoors and th- th- they can't yeah. do things either
1: that's right, and if they're at home, especially if you've got, say, you know, a large family. I mean, if you think particularly sort of in a city a city areas, I mean, you imagine if you're in a high-rise, say, you know, a couple of adults, a couple of children, yeah. and you're in a confined space, you know, it can be, you know, and if you, especially if there's somebody who's violent in the household, it can be a pressure cooker environment. And if there's nowhere to go, I mean, in North Wales, you know, we are we do have some. More open spaces, but it's just as much of an issue in North Wales where people have been confined mm. and, and locked in. And if you couple that with people who've had to be furloughed or they've maybe lost their jobs, you know, the strain on children and young people, that knock on effect for children and young people is there as well. And some of them that contacted us already had some mental and emotional struggles. So you can imagine this has just, you know, added mm. to that.
0: And I guess you're you're the friendly voice at the end of the phone if if a child needs somebody to talk to if they haven't got a parent to talk to or teachers they're not in school so maybe maybe a lot of children confide in the teacher then that's I guess what the NSPCC Childline's been there for.
1: Yeah, and a lot of children, young people are telling us that, you know, we've been the only people uh, mm-hmm. because a lot of the professional services like CAMS and, and NHS and services are so overworked. And through, through nobody's fault, you know, they're all working unbelievably hard, but they're, they're just not available. And sadly, for a lot of children, young people, the additional services are only available when the child gets to crisis point. Yeah. And what we want is obviously for children not to get to crisis points. Mm. So there have been times when, you know, they've said to us, we are the only people that are available to talk to or their usual support services are just not there. Um, I mean, we've seen a lot of increase generally in people's, you know, suicidal thoughts and mental mm-hmm. health issues deteriorating. And just being able to talk to us, whether online or, or to pick up the phone, has been, you know, a lifesaver literally for some of them.
0: And with COVID as well, it's obviously it's affected the call centres because pe- people have been obviously getting ill with COVID and being tested positive, so it's reduced your numbers as well,
1: quite dramatically. I mean, in North Wales, and our Prestatyn base, our numbers dropped by fifty percent, right. and that was for a number, you know a range of reasons. One being some of our volunteers are obviously older themselves, so mm. they've had to shield and they've had to withdraw from being able to come into the base. Um, some had to leave for different reasons because they may be key workers themselves, but, you know, they're overworked and had to... You know, there's all sorts of reasons why our volunteer numbers have dropped, but also the physical capacity of the base because of social distancing. We can't have people sat as close to each other. There's all sorts of reasons. Um, so we are in, you know, quite serious need of more volunteers um, and despite, you know, our recent recruitment campaigns, and people have responded fantastically well, and we are really, really grateful. But at this stage, we've not even replaced the people that we've lost. Yeah. And we already needed more people. So, we, you know, we are in real need of more help from people.
0: Okay, so, so what you've come to today to talk about as well is, is recruiting new volunteers. Do, do yeah. people need any sort of background skills before they're recruited, or can anyone sort of come to the table, as they say, like become a, a volunteer
1: yeah we're open to anybody um, obviously you know, having an interest in children's welfare is crucial um, and having a, you know, a good solid background and good values and that's what matters to us more than anything because we have a very specific way of working in Childline so we provide a very in-depth and thorough training um, and sometimes people do have a misconception about Childline, they think that they have to come with lots of qualifications already, mm. which they don't, because we, we do all the training. But also sometimes people are very nervous, they think, oh my God, I couldn't listen to that, I couldn't listen to people talking about abuse. And yes, it is difficult, of course it is, it, You know, and some of the things that people have to listen to are not easy but we do provide an immense amount of support and nobody is ever left on a phone or an online contact without the support. The paid supervisors are there on shift every single minute of the shift and there is always somebody there. And if people get through part of their training, and perhaps we don't feel they're quite ready or they need to rethink it, that those are the roles that people can do. So, I mean, I can't count how many people I've spoken to publicly who say, oh, I, you know, I often think about it, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I would say to people, "If it, don't worry, you know, because just try and if we don't think you're suitable or you don't think you're suitable after we've discussed it, that's okay, you know, that's, it's not the end of the world. It's more important that if you've got that real desire to do it and you wonder whether it is for you, then do it. Try it.
0: Do you think it's sort of the anxiety of being thrown in at the deep end? People think that you you work for a call centre and that's it. You, you, You turn up that day and you're on the phone with no sort of training.
1: I think sometimes I do wonder if people worry about that, yeah. But our training is very, very thorough. So you have your classroom training and some of it we do now online, of course, because of COVID that hmm. normally it would be face to face and we do lots of role play where people have to practice their skills before they're let into the counselling room at all they will learn the theory they will learn the particular way that we work we have a counselling model that we use so they will learn that in great depth um, then they would go on to they would have an observation shift so they literally just go into our counselling room and listen and watch they don't do anything just watch and listen Then after all the classroom-based training is finished, they then go on to what we call mentor shifts. So they will take calls, but they will have a mentor sat by the side of them and plugged into the phone and on another computer as well. So that mentor is always there to help and step in. And then they will have their assessment to make sure they're safe and that they feel comfortable. And only then are they allowed to then work on their own. So you can see it's really, really yeah. thorough, um, you know, and we really do look after our volunteers.
0: It's, it's quite a, um, it's a long process technically before you even even get to the phone and be put into that situation, I guess:
1: Yes, and even while they're on shift, they're continually supported, and every volunteer has an allocated supervisor, so that's their line manager that looks after them throughout their volunteering career with us. and you know and sometimes for a lot of I mean if you look at um, our staff base. Over ninety percent of our staff were volunteers first. So that just, mm. you know, really shows how people once they enter into childline, they become part of the childline family and they become part of that world. You know, so and there's they develop, I mean, they start off on the phone, but sometimes then people become mentors themselves because the yeah. mentors are volunteers as well. Um, they just help us to deliver the training courses. They help with all sorts of things. So it really is a stepping stone to a whole world of, of new opportunities for people.
0: What what sort of age do you take from then? Is it from eighteen upwards? Because I'm I'm just thinking, would it be good for sort of school leavers, maybe people that are going to university studying things like psychology and counselling that sort of thing? Would it would it be a good platform for them to get experience?
1: Yeah, but we actually start at 16. Oh, right, and okay. um, so yeah, and and sometimes people have said in the past you know, Ooh, 16 that's a bit young. But you know, who's the best people to talk to young mm-hmm. people sometimes? A 16 year old. <laughs> yeah. They can relate. You know they they relate really understand. Yeah. Um and our oldest volunteer that we had um that I've known was he left on his 90th year. So we have volunteers all ages. Um we have people that don't stay with us for very long maybe a year or so because mm-hmm. you know like you said university people move on and we have some people who have been with us for over 20 years which yeah. is a phenomenal commitment
0: yeah excellent so how do people how can people get involved in if, they, if they're thinking now they're listening well I'd, I'd like to try that I'd like to contact somebody how, how do they go about that
1: so if they want to um, contact our prestatin base and talk in some more detail about it they can speak to our volunteer coordinator and they can phone on uh, 01745 or they can go on to the NSPCC website and go to the volunteering section and they can fill in all their details there and that is the application process if anybody wants to apply to be a volunteer but they may want to talk to our volunteer coordinator first just to have a chat through yeah. and she can arrange for people to come to an online volunteer information meeting so where they'll find out all about it without having to commit to anything but then, when they're ready to, to go for it, they apply online. And then, um, once that's done, we then interview people. So, again, it's not automatic. So, because as you can imagine, you know, we're working with some um, young people and we need to make sure that people are thoroughly prepared.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then, once they're through the interview, we allocate a training date and then they start training.
0: Excellent. Well all the best yeah you. hopefully we can get you some uh, volunteers in the local area and uh, that help, would
1: be wonderful
0: help with what's going on in the world at the moment. Thank you very much. And,
1: and Vicky. also I, sorry I meant to just That's say okay. just to remind people that we do pay travel expenses as well because it's really important that it doesn't cost people to come to us. We do pay travel expenses as well. So
0: okay.
1: it's um, but yes thank you ever so much for your time and I really appreciate it. No
0: thank problem. You. All the best. Thank you Vicky. Thanks very much. Cheers. The big sound. Of North Wales. Sound Sound radio. Sound Radio.